We begin today with a question so obvious we might be finished before we get started. I tell you what we actually know from the Bible and which books have something to say about all of this and which don't. I tell you that because I went to seminary, I've known the answer for a long time and that I was also wrong. All on the way to answering the question, is December 25th biblical? Welcome to the Sky Pilot Podcast that explores questions of faith, spirituality, and religion. I'm Dan Matthews, and I don't have all the answers, but I do enjoy the questions. Welcome to the podcast where every question is an invitation into a spiritual quest, and you're invited along for the journey. As we begin, I should start with answering why this question right now. It seems a little premature, right? I mean, shouldn't this be released the week of Christmas? Well, in the past, I have timed podcast episodes about a holy day as close to the actual holy day as possible, only to later realize that most people were busy then and didn't get to that particular episode until sometimes well after the day was over. So, I'm doing this episode early so that you will be sure to have it before Christmas. And in truth, the nature of this episode is a little different than many of the others I produce. This one's basically filled with historical trivia, which might be fun to dazzle your friends with in the weeks approaching Christmas. So here it is. Now back to the question. You probably know the answer to this question already. The answer is, well, no. Well, that was mercifully short. We're done now, right? What? No. Wait, wait there's more. Nowhere in the Bible does it tell us the date of Jesus' birth. Matter of fact, of the four Gospels, only two of them speak of the birth of Jesus. Now, there is almost universal agreement among scholars that the Gospel of Mark was written first amongst the four Gospels. But, interestingly, it wasn't one of the Gospels with anything to say about Jesus' birth. Matthew and Luke, the only two to include anything on this subject, were written later, and most scholars actually believe that the authors of Matthew and Luke had the Gospel of Mark as a source in front of them as they were writing their Gospels. So Jesus' birth was either not information that was available to the author of Mark, or he did not see the birth story as important enough to include in the earliest of these four Gospels which seems strange, but actually wouldn't be surprising, really, because the celebration of Jesus' birth as a holy day didn't even begin until much later in church history, and I mean a couple of hundred years later. So, since Matthew and Luke are the two that tell of Jesus' birth, what do they tell us? Well, here is what the two of them agree on, the basic facts that they both have, that they both agree on. There was a guy named Joseph who was of the house of David. There was a virgin betrothed to him, and her name was Mary. There was a miraculous conception. Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and the family eventually returned to Nazareth, where Jesus grew up. Now, I know there are other details that you and I know about the story, but that's kind of the end of it, where the two of them agree. Interestingly, there are some important details that are only in one of those Gospels and not the other. Caesar calls for a census. That's only in Luke. Matthew has just Jesus suddenly born and the wise men asking, hey, where is this guy who's been born? No wise men are mentioned in Luke. Luke instead has the shepherd's visitation, which is also not mentioned in Matthew. 
Matthew has the description of the massacre of the infants by Herod in Herod's attempt to kill Jesus. And also, Matthew has the story of Jesus and his parents fleeing into Egypt to avoid all of that massacre and staying there until the trouble has blown over. None of that appears in Luke. And neither, related to our question, neither gives us any clue as to when the birth happened. So we finally answered the question. The 25th is not biblical. So we are done now, right? Well, hang on, because I have some really interesting news for you. Not about the question if Jesus was born on the 25th, but instead why his birth is celebrated on that particular day. Since we don't know his actual birthday, it becomes a pretty interesting question as to why we did pick December 25th as the day we would celebrate, right? First, let me remind you that December 25th isn't even universally observed amongst Christians across the world in our day as the birthday of Jesus. Some churches, such as the Armenian church, some of those churches celebrate the birth of Christ on January 6th. The Russian Orthodox Church celebrates Christmas Eve on January 6th, and Jesus' birthday, obviously, on January 7th. So there isn't even agreement now as to what is the right day to celebrate Christmas. So when I was in seminary, I learned the reason as to why we celebrate the birth of Jesus on December 25th. And it goes like this. You see, as the Christian church grew, it had to deal with the reality that many people still worshipped other gods. There's always been a bit of a debate amongst people who are doing missionary work as to the best way to encourage people to come over to your faith, to join your faith. And in this particular case, Christians were up against a rather popular god who went by the name Sol Invictus. This was the sun god, S-U-N, sun god. And the translation of Sol Invictus means sun invincible. So as I learned, Sol Invictus's primary day of celebration was December 25th, and not coincidentally, was the day that Romans celebrated the winter solstice. So because it was the winter solstice, it was the shortest day of the year, which logically made sense that this invincible sun god would be honored and venerated on the day when, from that point on, every day would start getting longer and longer. Wait. A minute. December 25th is not the winter solstice. That's December 21st. Are you an idiot or do you think we are? <sighs> okay, that's fair. But I'm going to explain it to you. And I'm going to say this just once because I could be repeating it several times throughout when I'm talking about the calendar. We currently use something called the Gregorian calendar. The calendar you and I know that we use every day has a name. It's called the Gregorian calendar. And at the time we're talking about back then, they used something called the Julian calendar. One of the problems with the Julian calendar and the reason we switched to the Gregorian calendar is that the Julian calendar wasn't terribly accurate. So it drifted by a little bit each year. And the people back then knew it even back then. So there was the actual winter solstice, the day when it actually happened by the sun. Then there was the traditional date of celebrating the solstice, and they weren't the same. December 25th was the official day celebrated, observed by the Romans, 
And that really got their primary focus, even though they knew it was not technically correct. It wasn't the actual winter solstice. So back to the story. The Christians realized that Sol Invictus, this supreme and invincible god, was a bit of a problem for them. So cleverly, they decided to co-opt Sol's day of celebration. They moved the celebration of Jesus, of Jesus' birth, to the 25th of December with the purpose of stealing the day away, and the rest is, as we say, history. And as I said, I learned this bit of church history in seminary. Now, I've heard it offered as an explanation many times since. I have even, in my own church, in my own teachings, in my own preaching, I have cited this story a number of times. So there we go. We now know the real reason. Is the podcast finally over now? Well, <laughs> no. Um, you see, I recently learned it's probably not the correct story as to why we celebrate on the 25th. Oh, bother. Okay, I should say, before I lead you on, let me be clear that this is not the discovery of, say, new source material that has led us to know that Jesus was actually born on the 25th and we had it right all along. It is actually accurate that we did not always celebrate on the 25th and that moving to the 25th of December was a conscious and planned decision by the church, the church in the West. So what I want to share with you is the likely reason it got moved. First, back to the original theory that I will call the displacement theory in regards to Sol Invictus's holy day. The idea that we choose December 25th to displace Sol, the sun god, in the hearts of the Romans. There are several problems with this theory, and they are actually pretty significant. First, I remember hearing when I first learned this theory about the supremacy of Sol amongst the gods. I mean, he was called Invictus, meaning invincible. He must be the most powerful of all Roman gods, right? Well, no, Apollos was the most powerful of all Roman gods. Sol Invictus is actually a rather slippery god to define. He's often combined, conflated, confused with other similar gods. He's often depicted not even by himself, but as a tandem pair with the god of the moon. We know all sorts of things about, say, the Feast of Apollos and how it was celebrated, but Sol's day... Well, we actually don't know much about that day at all. Why? Well, because he wasn't very important. So a lot about him and his veneration hasn't survived compared to other more important Roman gods. Now, wait a minute. What about the word Invictus? You don't just give that to any god. It means he actually was important, invincible, Invictus. Yeah, well, I thought that same thing. And as it turns out, it was used for quite a few gods and even people, so it really doesn't tell us anything at all about Sol's importance. Seems strange that we would pick a lesser god as one for Jesus to replace, doesn't it? I mean, if we were really worried about the power of other gods, we'd kind of go for the top. We'd go for Apollos. But to be fair, Sol had a day on the 25th. So maybe that proves it. Sol's day was the 25th. Christianity chooses the 25th. Ipso facto, we were trying to steal his day. Except actually, Sol had several days of celebration, and December 25th was neither considered the most important, nor was it even the most popular with the people who celebrated it. 
Yes, and an argument that some would make is, wait a minute, but the fact that Christmas falls on December 25th, and we picked that day, and Souls Day also falls on the 25th, can't be a coincidence. That must be proof that we tried to co-opt the date. Okay, that would seem to make sense on the surface, but pointing out the overlap of these two celebrations on the calendar is a far cry from saying their origin is related. Remember your science class in which you learned correlation does not equal causality? Okay, another explanation. Let's look at our own calendar. Did you know that on June 12th, it is the official celebration of International Falafel Day? And also, did you know June 12th is also National Peanut Butter Cookie Day? Even if you already knew this, and if you did, I have so many questions. Anyway, these celebrations land on the same day, yet I hope you will acknowledge that it seems a bit of a leap to necessarily assume that one, because it's on the same day as the other, is trying to co-opt the other's day. Okay, here is perhaps the most interesting piece of evidence. There is an ancient document that scholars have, and it's called the Chronograph of 354, and it dates to the year of, well, 354. In short, it's nothing more than a calendar with dates of things that will happen during the year. And it states very briefly that December 25th is a day upon which there will be some sort of celebration for Seoul. Why is this important? Well, because this particular document, the Chronograph of 354, is a document created by Christians. It seems implausible to think that Christians, if they felt threatened by Seoul, would make a calendar of dates and include this veneration on the document. What's more likely is that they saw it as so non-threatening, such a non-important date that they didn't even see any reason to leave it off the calendar that they were creating, you know, leaving it off in hopes of diminishing its observance. Clearly, their thinking was, leave it in. It's no big deal. It's no threat to Christianity. But why did anyone ever believe this is what happened if it isn't true? Well, in the fairly early days of the study of the history of religion as an academic field, there was some solid fledgling work done. And there was also, as often happens in new academic fields of study, some wild conjecture. A German scholar, Hermann Eusner, from the late 19th century, came across a quote by Dionysus bar Salibi, And this is the quote. I'm going to read it for you now. The Lord was born in the month of January, on the day on which we celebrate the Epiphany. For the ancients observed the Nativity and the Epiphany on the same day. The reason for which the fathers transferred the said solemnity from the 6th of January to the 25th of December is that it was the custom of the pagans to celebrate on this same day of the 25th of December, the feast of the birth of the sun, S-U-N. They decided to celebrate the feast of the true birth on this same day. Eusner, the 19th century German scholar, concluded that this was fact because he had an old text saying that this was a reality. Except Eusner is living in the late 1800s and is reading a 700-year-old document that itself was written about seven or 800 years after the decision in question was made. We know for a fact that the author Salibi wanted to return to celebrating Christmas on January, 
So his writing was not in any way an objective history of what happened. And remember, he's separated by centuries. Matter of fact, scholars agree that outside of being an insight into Salibi's beliefs himself, his writing is of absolutely no use at giving us an insight into thoughts of the people eight centuries before he lived. Okay, so I'm with you now. Finally, you've convinced me that December 25th was not picked for any of those reasons. Care to give us a hint as to why it was actually chosen? Yes, well, evidently it has more to do with emulating Jewish and even Roman societal norms than it does trying to displace the importance of a powerful deity. There were, in the early Christian church, people who were taking the Bible and other sources and trying to figure out important dates of Jesus' life using the little evidence they had. Now, rather than assuming that several of these people made calculations and all of their calculations, fortunately, agreed with one another, and that's how we landed on a particular date, Imagine that there were multiple theories as to when things happened. Final decisions as to which date to choose was not so much based on the validity of the underlying calculations, but instead dates were selected by which told the more dramatic story. So as Christians began to try to figure out what day Jesus died, because that's where all these calculations began, because there was more source material around that particular event, his crucifixion, because it, remember, coincided with the Passover. It's likely that they didn't just do the math, but they, well, let's say they massaged the math to make it create something that was beautiful. It's pretty clear that they really wanted the death of Jesus to coincide with the vernal equinox, March 25th. So fairly early, that's the date they landed upon. Also, at the time, great men, heroes, were believed to have lived perfect lives. Now, as you know, according to Christians, Jesus was perfect. The only perfect human that had ever lived. He did not sin. So it made sense for him to live the perfectest life of all. I just made that up. It was believed back then that a sign of a perfect life was for someone to have been born and to die on the very same day. Don't ask me why. That's just what they believed. Now, Jesus wasn't born on March 25th, so he couldn't be perfect in that way. But wait for it. If you go to December 25th, the day we celebrate his birthday, and you count backwards on the calendar, exactly nine months, guess where you land? Yep, March 25th. So Jesus not only died on March 25th, he was conceived on March 25th. And therefore, he was born on December 25th and, not coincidentally, all of those dates land on significant celestial events like the solstice and the equinox. So interestingly, the 25th wasn't picked because it was Sol's day, but likely both the birth of Jesus and the celebration of Sol wound up on that date because December 25th is a celestially important day for everyone in every culture. The 25th was landed upon because March 25th had already been selected as his date of death and conception. That led to December 25th that had its own poetic symmetry according to the calendar. So why is this important? Well, at one level, it's really not, right? 
You can be a Christian all your life and never know this, and you'll be just fine. I share it not because it's transformative, well, but because it's interesting. And I thought you might find it interesting too. And it's kind of like discovering something interesting about your own family tree. In this case, you're learning something about your spiritual ancestors and what was important to them and why they made the decisions they did. That's all for today. Be sure to check and see if you have subscribed to this podcast so you get notified of future episodes. Also, if you'd like to offer me a question for future episodes, or if you'd like to give me a response to this episode, my email address is dan at skypilot, S-K-Y-P-I-L-O-T dot zone. And as always, I would love to hear from you. On your spiritual journey, may you ask questions, seek answers, and boldly go wherever the quest takes you. Thanks for listening to SkyPilot Faith Quest. I invite you to send me a question or leave a review. And remember, the sign of a strong faith, solid religion, or healthy spiritual journey is not certainty, but that you keep asking questions. <laughs>